We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Wednesday, November 9th. And good morning, good morning to you people. I'm having a wonderful morning. I stayed up a little late last night, right? Watching the election returns. Very good night indeed. Very good night indeed. Good morning, Suki Singh. Wataj, you're up early. Doug Montgomery, Defic, Daniel Hutchings, Kickstart, Devin's here. I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. I mean, I mean, hey, it's wild card Wednesdays, right? We have an NBA slate, but I mean, we have some some uh, initial projections here. And obviously the slate, Fandle's doing the 530 slate. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, we could talk about that if you want. We could talk about whatever you want. I'm in a good mood. Stupid questions. I'm, I, I'm, I'm right. Hey, if you hit that like button, first off, right? Hit the like button. Give me the thummy thumbs. You, you hit those thummy thumbs all you want. Uh, stupid questions. We're just, we're, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm I'm in such a good mood. I'm in such a good mood. I don't mind answering stupid questions. I don't care how stupid they are. I really, I don't even care at this point, right? Eric Brunick, good morning. How are the plans for the money pit coming along after your winnings last night? Yes, yes. If, <laughs> dude, all you had to do is watch the show yesterday, right? If you if you watch, if you, you you may not know how elections are run, right? You may not know you you bear maybe you didn't even vote. You don't even know who the candidates are or anything like that. If you watch the pregame show from yesterday and you had access to political betting markets, you should have made a killing. 
you should have made you should have made a damn killing, right? I, I I literally told you what to do. I I I I mapped it out for you. I told you, I even told you when to bet, and if you did it, you you you, you did pretty well. I mean my my uh, my bets last night were uh, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I get some of these numbers right. The the only downside, the only regret is that I tried to get a better number than plus one fifty on Fetterman, uh, knowing that it moved. Uh, and then it didn't move enough. So, so I, I could have gotten more down on Fetterman at one plus one fifty, but I, I got a little greedy. I wanted to see if it moved to like plus two hundred, plus two twenty five, or something. So by by the time by the time it's it, then it, it ended, Fetterman was like minus one eighty, and I'm like I'm like I'm not I'm not, I'm not betting at that point. But uh, but yeah, if you, if you watch the show, I mean most most of these bets I put in uh, around anywhere between like seven thirty and nine o'clock. And I told you on yesterday, I told you on yesterday's pregame show, that was the time. I, I I, literally mapped it out for you. I mapped it out. I showed you the map. I said, what are we doing first? We're taking a look at New Hampshire. We're taking a look at those New Hampshire returns and seeing how far ahead Hassan, Maggie Hassan or whatever, is uh, is outperforming Biden in, in, in New Hampshire. And... Or, or she's underperforming, right? If she's underperforming, that, that that's not going to look good for most of the Democrats, especially in the Midwestern regions, right? Even though New Hampshire isn't that correlative to to, to those states, uh, but if she's if she's outperforming uh, Biden in the early returns, especially in the Southern New Hampshire, you know, like kind of Nashua, that those types of areas, that's going to bode well for like Fetterman and maybe not Barnes so much because he was so far behind. Ohio was kind of lost anyway. I didn't expect. Uh, a Ryan to win as well. And same for Georgia. Like it was, it was going to be good. Meaning that we're not, that most likely we're not seeing a red wave, right? The main thing is, are we going to see a red wave? And New Hampshire showed us that we, dude, she was outperforming. And Baldick would, it's quite possible that he, some polls had him in ahead. The polling, the poll, some of these polls had him ahead going into election day. So I wanted to see that. So once the early returns came in in New Hampshire and Hassan, I was was like outperforming Biden by three, four points and 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 actually uh, getting more of the vote in some of the some of the red redder districts. I'm like, OK, now it's time to now it's time to start the pounce. But I want and that's where I that's where I got the uh, 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 Hassan at minus two twenty five. And then uh, and then it was a matter of Florida. And I told you I told you two things yesterday, the th- basically the three things to look for. Right. New Hampshire. Then we were going to look into the central Virginia. Now, if you if you if you were following along, you saw that that the the three the three uh, battleground districts, but uh, one was Span Spanberger uh, in the seventh, and then there was the second and the tenth, right? But the second and the tenth didn't matter as much because those are much different uh, demographic. One's in Virginia Beach and one's in Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia flip flops. It's a lot of rich people there, so. Like a lot of them are Democrats, but they also are like they like lower taxes, so they kind of not re- necessarily representative of like the rest of the of a national of an of like national demographics. And same for Virginia Beach, but the seventh that that uh, in like uh, in the whatever in the like the the Richmond Charlottesville type type area that is. So looking at the early returns from from uh, Virginia seven is going to talk to us more about is there a w- red wave. And then in Florida, what's going to happen in Florida? I told you this yesterday. I said, we're looking in central Florida. That's what you should be looking at, central Florida. What's going to, you're going to see on TV is they're going to talk a lot about southern Florida, right? They're going to talk about southern Florida and how the Latinos are are coming out and voting Republican 
a lot more than they did they did six, eight years ago. But that's been a growing trend anyway. Florida is not even a swing state anymore. Okay, it's really a red state now. So DeSantis was that all you hear about is DeSantis crushing Chris because Chris is it's awful. He's like, I, I don't know why why he's running. Put him out the pasture at some point. Uh, so once people saw, I knew because this is what happened in 2020 with the presidential election. They saw the results coming in. People saw the results coming in from Southern Florida and they expected that to like be a national thing. But Southern Florida is like on a land by itself that those demographics don't exist anywhere else. Right. They're a little bit correlative to Nevada, but really Southern Florida is like a, like an island amongst itself. So people extrapolate too much. So once once these Southern Florida returns are like, oh, my God, like like DeSantis is outperforming Trump from 2020 by a lot. Right. And destroying Chris, the betting markets just moved like in the span of like a half an hour, moves significantly toward towards Republicans, which means I was getting much more plus money on on all the Democrats, right? Because like at that point, like uh, Fetterman was like uh, like plus one ten, and Warnick was like plus one eighty, and Cortez Masto was like plus what, like two hundred or something, and then they all started. Kelly was minus one fifty five, and then once it started moving, and I saw it, it's like okay, well now, now Cortez Masto went to plus three hundred. I, I I got I, I got to take that, right? Evers the Wisconsin governorship, like he was like before that, he was like plus one thirty. Right. I thought he should have been the favorite anyway. And then it moved to I saw plus 240. I just I max bet that. Right. I, I and then I saw that the GOP House Dem Senate went from plus, it was uh like plus four fifty, went up to plus five fifty. I decided to jump on board right there. I mean, like I, I literally outlined, I outlined yesterday. If you were playing the the political prediction markets, I mean they're they're sites that some of the some of their exchanges, some of them are just straight up like sports books types. But that's what you'd be looking for, right? And then once all the value starts moving in towards the, the Democratic side, you start, you hammer that, and then you wait for, oh, oh, yeah, oh, the oh that district doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And then you see that, oh, the early returns from Pennsylvania, like Fetterman, like completely outperformed the early vote in the rural areas that, like, there wasn't even a, a red mirage at all. I thought there would be a med red mirage and I would get... Fetterman at like plus 200 plus 225 that didn't even happen right that didn't even that didn't even damn happen that's why I jumped on like okay let me let me get 150 while I can and save a little powder if, if it goes up and it didn't and then by like but within two hours within two hours all these lines if you looked at them you'd be like how did you get these numbers like people I, I mean it's like how did you get these people at plus numbers these are like all the favorites now right all the I mean like like at one point it was like like 10 30 and like Fetterman was like minus 900 right? Hassan closed like an hour after I got it at minus 225. She was minus 1400, right? Evers at plus 240. Like an hour later, he was minus 600. Kelly plus 110. He was minus 1400 three hours later. It was, Cortez Masto went to even money. It, it, dude, it's just like late swap in NBA DFS. It's like take advantage, take advantage of people's overreaction to information that really doesn't they think it matters but it doesn't and that's by just being being informed about how you know how how elections work and how the demographics of of, of different states and different races are it's not it's not it's not that hard it's really not that hard so i just want to obviously highlight that if only if only there was the, the problem with this is that there's only one slate a year 
right? The election's only one, one in, in, in really the off years, like, there's really not much in the prediction markets anyway. So I wish, there were, I wish there were more election slates. If there were more election slates, I probably wouldn't even play DFS anymore. I just do this, right? Uh, let's see. So it's it's a wild card Wednesday, right? I still have a, I still have a cough, but I'm doing okay. So it's a stupid question. Anything you want, any any question doesn't matter. I'm in a good mood. I made a whole bunch of money. I mean, yeah, I still have some. I, I'm probably you know. Cortez Masto isn't, you know, isn't a lock there at plus 300. But I mean, I mean, the, the everything else I, I did fine. I'm going to have to wait until, you know, after December 6th for the, the runoff in Georgia with the Warnock thing, as well as the, the, the Democratic control of the Senate. That probably won't pay out until, uh, until mid-December. But whatever, whatever, I'll wait. I'll wait on it. I got value. I'll wait on it. Defic asks. For looking back at previous games, who would you recommend to scrutinize for NFL showdown GPPs? Uh, typically the 150 maxers, right? I mean, for, for showdowns, it really depends on what, what type of contest you're playing. If you're playing large field versus small field stuff. But the usual suspects, the top DFS plays. So you could look through, like, just basically go to ResultsDB and look at the 150 maxers and look at what their lineups look like. How many uniques they have. How duplicated their lineups are. Right. It doesn't mean that, hey, the top 150 matches don't all play like 150 unique lineups, even though they're like some of these lineups are really bad. Like they play a nice mix. A lot, a lot of times, like with me, when it comes to large field showdown, like my only goal is like under five dupes, under 10 dupes, even. Right. So I, I, I'd much rather if I'm building 50 lineups for showdown. Instead of focusing so heavily on, can I get 50 unique lineups? It's like, can I get all 50 of mine, like three or four dupes, two dupes, something like that? I don't mind splitting 500K or whatever up top two or three ways. And the fact that it's duped once or twice means at least it is a like viable-ish lineup, right? If you're playing, if you're getting unique, unique, you're leaving 10K on the table, you're playing, you know, uh, fifth string wide receivers and seventh string tight ends or whatever the hell it is. Like the win probability of those lineups are very low. They'll win once in a blue moon, but they may not be the highest. They may not be the highest equity. A lineup that is duplicated four times may have five times higher chance of winning, but it's just when you win, you win $125,000, not $500,000. And that, and that may be good enough. <coughs> I mean, Dan, Daniel in the in the chat, nerdy tenor. I mean, he 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 runs he runs his, his sims to, to express that that there are, there are a lot of lineups that are are duped that have a higher expected value than lineups that are unique. Yet there are plenty of unique lineups that have a much higher expected value. But it's quite possible, out of all the uniques in the contest, that only maybe fifteen percent of them are actually plus EV. That eighty five percent of them are, are really not. They're unique. Yeah, they're unique, and when they do win, they win solo, but they don't win that often. They don't. Doug Montgomery, who's on first? Who? What's on second? What? How many toothpicks? How many toothpicks? Was that part of that bit? I have no idea. Remember, it's Wild Card Wednesday. Whatever you want on the YouTube chat. That's what we're doing today. That's the rundown. Marie Donizzi, the rundown is it's up to you. I'm giving, I'm, I'm letting go of the wheel. It's letting go of the wheel Wednesday. Right, so I'm in a good mood, right? When you when you when you when you're you're set to make uh, 
almost $10,000 on betting on the election, as well as rooting for the side that you're actually betting on. Like, that's like a double whammy of like, bing, 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 boom. So I'm in a good mood. So I don't know about what, what about the toothpick? How many toothpicks? What is the median number of toothpicks? What does toothpicks have to do with Did I miss something with that bit? The, the, who's on first bit? Abbott and Costello? Did they talk about toothpicks? I don't remember toothpicks in that bit. I don't. Uh, all I know is tonight, Giannis is going to be very popular. <laughs> he's 12-4 on DraftKings, and he still projects for, like, the best value on the slate because, like, everyone is out for Milwaukee, right? Drew is out. Well, Milton has been out. Like, everyone's, like, it's going to be Giannis, and it's going to it's gonna be, like, Giannis and the whatever, like, the, the crappy people around him. Like, it's the variety show crew of a little... You know, little soldiers or whatever. I have no idea. T-Mac, have you found the lines on prize picks are getting better? In NFL, yes. In NFL, I I, I find that pri- at, at this point in the season, I I didn't do prize picks last year, so I, I don't I don't have anything to compare it to. But yes, the, the lines have gotten much more efficient even early on. Like, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday. That Like, like last week, I only had like, I think, 11 props on prize picks. Well, like the first couple of weeks, I would have like 26, 28, you know, close to 30. Because some of them were way more of them were way off. But now they're they're not as off. You can still find some. But uh, but yeah, they, I think they're doing a better job of uh, of originating better lines. And of course, a lot of times that by by Wednesday or Thursday, they're adjusting it to the to the normal prop markets anyway. So that'll happen like by Thursday and Friday. I mean, it, it's 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 more much more efficient. But the Tuesday and Wednesday stuff, Monday night, you know, whatever, you know, when when some of the lines come out, uh, have been much much more much more efficient. So yes, I, I I've noticed that as well. It just means I it just means I I I play less. I mean, like I'm not going to just say, well, I need to I need to find 25 props for NFL, regardless if they're plus EV or not. It's like no, I take if I if, hey if I look like uh like uh this morning for the for the the early blitz projections, which I, that's what I'm going to do after this show, uh. If I if hey if I find three and that's it then that's the only three that I play and that's it. It is what it is, right? It's the same thing as any any other type of sports betting. Like, like the the key is to get your money in good, not to get your got volume down. Get your money in good. If if I look on a basketball slate tonight, if I'm going to look, you know, we have a what thirteen game basketball slate. You know, I'll go to Prize Picks. If I if I only find six things that are worth you know playing, then then that's it. If it ends up being 40, then it's 40. I mean, like it's it's all driven by how efficient the lines are in comparison to the projections. That's it. And it's not like, oh, well, I only have six. So that means I like, like, oh, if I only find five on a day versus finding like 20 on a day, do I like 4X the amount of money I put down on it? So it's the same amount of money every day. No, I don't do that either. It is what it is. It's all it, it, how much I play and how many props I have is all devised by what the market is maybe someday hey there could be it could be a short five four game uh, nba slate two game nba slate and there's nothing on the board that's worth playing so you don't take anything you're done you don't uh, i mean it's the same thing in dfs if you feel like you don't have an edge on a certain day for some whatever reason and a certain format don't feel compelled to play if you're like oh, I'm, I'm i'm really bad at, at making non like less duplicated lineups and showdown don't play showdown, 
right? If you're much better at something else, then no, I'm better at single entry three max contests and not in the large field stuff. So don't play the large field stuff. Play where you have an edge and different people have different strengths, right? There's no like, oh yeah, yeah. There are a lot of the top players are good at like everything, but you don't have to be good at everything. <coughs> You'd rather be really good at one or two things and then you can make plenty of money doing that that way. Right, like I, I don't tell. I, I would love people to play DFS soccer. <clears throat> I would love for the prize pools in soccer to get bigger, right? But I'm not going to tell you to like, oh, go, go. I, I have an, I have an edge in DFS soccer. You should play it. It's like, well, do you know anything about soccer? No, then like, then you're not going to have the edge, right? The biggest edge in DFS soccer is is reacting to starting lineups. That's the that is the biggest edge. You can, I, I can tell you all you want the day before of predicted starting 11s and whatever, but you're only going to get the starting lineups an hour before kickoff, and I'm not going to be there to hold your hand. <coughs> Where this guy, this the, the the midfielder that normally takes set pieces, oh, he's on the bench today. Oh, they rotated fullbacks. Oh, they changed formation. <coughs> oh, the starting center forward is out or something, some, some change. And it's like, you have to know. It's like, Oh, if this guy's out, that means this guy's more likely to take set pieces, and they're gonna be playing more wide on this 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 slate and this 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 game. So this forty seven hundred dollar wing back, like you're probably playing. Now, some of that stuff is taken care of in projections. But if you don't know how to react to that an hour before that hour, five, you know, you have a five game DFS soccer slate, EPL slate on Saturday, you're gonna get 10 starting lineups at the same time. You have to process and go, who's in, who's out, who's in, who's out, what changes? And anything you plan for, a lot of times, anything that you plan for on Friday, like 95% of the time, something has changed. Something. (coughs) Injustice360 asks, uh, what is your take on the Nassim Taleb versus Nate Silver about election forecasting? Is there there something going, did I miss something? What's the thing? Right. What, what, what is it? What's my take? I mean, I could have a take if I know what you're even talking about. So injustice 360, feel free to add in the, is there a link you could send me to or something? Was, was, was Taleb uh, and Nate Silver yelling at each other? I don't side with either. I don't side with either of those guys. I, I, I think they're, they're both smart, but they're also both very stubborn at the same time. Taleb is definitely stubborn. Nate Silver is, Nate Silver is is good at what he does, but also sometimes a little a little a little stubborn. Jason Hull asked, "Do you play DFS hockey?" No, it's something I'd love to. I'd I a DFS hockey looks looks very similar to soccer slash baseball to me, but I'm only one person. Like I'm, I don't follow hockey, and there's other sports. There's other. I mean, I mean, I said I said I said this on I think yesterday's show or Monday's show or something. There are edges everywhere, but at some point you're only one person. Like, do I play? Do I play NHL DFS, or do I play two sites in NBA versus one site in NBA? Right on a given day, like to me, I'd rather expand in what I already know than go to something new. Like I expanded to MMA only because of COVID, because that was the only thing that was going on, and then MMA is a weekly thing, so it doesn't take up that much time. Right, so I could play MMA. Like I'd, I'd go back to playing PGA more than I go to NHL. PGA is more of a weekly. Okay, I could, I could add this to my routine. 
I can add, you know, an hour or two on Wednesdays to build PGA lineups and do that. <clears throat> I just don't think there's that much edge in PGA DFS in GPPs. Like time and time again, anytime, anytime I uh, analyze shit, <clears throat> when when the, the most predictive measure on 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 success is ownership, that I mean that to me that shows a, so much more of an efficient market. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play uh, GPPs where where you can't plot ownership to fantasy points and have it be the highest correlation, right? I want it to be the worst. I don't. I don't want to be. I want it to be the bad correlation that. Oh, the higher owned, yeah, the higher owned, it, it's still going to be more than the lower owned, right? Right, because obviously people, you know, players are high owned for a reason. They're typically, you know, they're inefficiently priced and and for their production. But it's, you know, in golf, I don't want to see those lines really close together, right? And it's like, well, how do I beat this game? I don't know. But at least I only have to make lineups like once a week. So like for NHL, it feels like I, I, I need to like hold, learn a whole new thing. And have a whole, have a whole, and it's like, like, dude, I, why don't I just play NBA on Yahoo? I mean, I could like, there are other sites that I could play. The dude, I do price books and underdog, but there's like sleeper, there's thrive fantasy, there's monkey knife fight. I mean, I can expand to those things also. I mean, there's just so much out there that I have to decide, like, where do I devote my time? Defect, how do you adjust forecasted ownership numbers for different slates since they're typically calculated for the largest field GPPs? Well, I don't know about different slates because I don't typically necessarily play like the afternoon slate or something like that. I can mentally adjust those. But how do I adjust them? I go I go and I, I change the number. I mean, that's how I technically that's how I mean what how would how do you how do you how how else would you adjust it? Typically, I've explained this before, Defect. Typically, because you're talking about, okay, we have large field uh, ownership in, in at Roto-Grinders, but you're playing like an 800-man, $200 single-entry GPP. And this ownership is not going to be the same in that contest. I adjust. It's typically a barbell, okay? So, for instance, I mean, this ownership doesn't matter right now. Right, this is the 5 a.m. algorithmic whatever the hell. So this is going to change. Okay. Typically in single entry and three max and smaller field contests, ownership will change in a a barbell fashion. Okay. On the high ends and the low ends, meaning that the chalk is going to be chalkier. So whoever, like Miles Turner, 41%. Like maybe, I mean, like I said, this, these, this is just an example. I have no idea what's going on in today's slate. So I'm just, you, we're just acting as if these are the numbers, okay? So if Miles Turner is 41% in large field, maybe he's 65%, right? Maybe 65% in that contest, in a, you know, 800-man, high-stakes, single-entry GPP. Maybe Darius Garland is not 32%. Maybe he's more like, well, it depends on what's available at point guard, like what, what are the positional scarcity. So there are there are some shooting guards, point guards available. Okay. So maybe he maybe he's 40%. Leek Monk instead of being 27%, maybe he's 30 maybe 32%. DeAndre Ayton <laughs> it may not come up that much cuz Miles Turner is there, but maybe he's a little bit more. Maybe he's 30%. Harry Rozier, right? Still point guard, shooting guard, but a little less projected. His his number may not come up that much. So maybe 26%. 
power forward, Giannis. Okay, so what power forwards are available that project uh, that are are owned? Not much. We got uh, Keldon Johnson here, Brandon Clark a little, Cam Reddish right there. So Giannis is not going to be 23% owned, maybe more like 35% owned. All right, then we take a look at like small forwards. Power, another power, Cam Reddish, small forward, power forward. He fits into a power forward spot, so he's going to be a little bit more owned in small. Maybe he'll be 26%, something like that. So this is the top end of the spectrum. So this is the chalkiest plays. I'm bumping up or adjusting like this. Javon Carter may, may probably goes up maybe a little to 24. Rose Sarneal fits in a guard and see Neil and Bain fit in guard and small forward spots, which means you could fit them in more spots. So their ownership is going to go up considerably. So this is more like 26, 26, something like that, right? This is the top end of the barbell, right? The higher owned players, the higher projected players. They'll change the most. So on one side of the spectrum, the most owned players, they go up further. And then the bottom owned players, the low owned players, go down even further, go down very similarly. The guys in the middle typically don't change that much. So for instance, these guys up top, I you see, I've adjusted their ownership. I've bumped them up. I've kind of said, okay, the most owned players are going to be even more owned. The guys in the middle, like right here right, are going to be about the, around the same owned. But then once we start getting down to like the 6 and 7% owned players, these guys will start coming down dramatically. So anyone that's projected decently, so I'm going to use RGV, right? Anyone that's like in the single digits with a good RGV, right? Single digits ownership, like Shea Giggles Alexander, he may be 2% owned. Booker, Maybe six percent. Like I'm, I'm cutting out the guys at the bottom. Trey Young, three percent. He'll be like one percent in that single entry contest. Ingram, maybe seven percent. Right. So I'm cutting out the guys at the bottom. The guys in the middle, I'm not touching much. Right. Because the ownership effect is more barbell driven. Right. So the guy that like in the large field is going to be three percent owned, may barely even be owned in your eight hundred man contest or something. There may only be a couple of lineups with that. Right, so I want to look for those guys. Here's 4.28, Jokic, right? If everyone's playing Turner and Aiton or something, like Jokic is barely going to be on. So 4% is too high. Like, he'll be 4% in the large field, but in the single entry stuff, he may be 1% on. Right? All the way at the bottom. But the guys in the middle, the Keldon Johnson, who's like sitting there in the middle, his number probably doesn't change that much. Right? He'll probably be around 16% on. Right? Devin Vassell will probably be around 19% on. Gary Trent will probably be around 17% on. Like Kevin Porter Jr. at six, maybe more like three. Scotty Barnes at seven, maybe he's more like four. Tyrese Halliburton at 8,600, 4% on? No, maybe more like 2% on, right? And I'm like, I'm literally showing you how I do it. Like there's no like, oh, I, I do some process in Excel. I'm literally showing, this is literally what I do. Now, obviously, I don't know the context of today's slate. I mean, I'd, and these numbers are accurate or whatever. This is the 5 a.m. projection. I'm just saying that if this was 6.30 at night, this is literally what I'd be doing. And you're like, well, how did you how did you come up with the number 40? Like, I just, it, it felt right. There's no scientific reason. Just like, oh, this, based on positional scarcity and how long they are, this guy's going to be up, no, not 32. He's going to be more like 40. 
Well, why not 42? It's like, well, if you think 40, then put 42. I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing the math. I'm just, I'm literally just purely by feel. Like these guys are going to be more owned than, than what it says here. By how much? Not sure, but I'll, I'll guesstimate. And then all that ownership that you're bumping up there is going to come out of all the low owned guys. Then once I, once I make those adjustments, which typically takes me maybe two or three minutes to do at most, and then I can start building lineups, right? I can reset all of these, right? In basketball, you have to do it much closer to luck because of all the late news and projection changes, all like that. But NFL, NFL, I mean, you have you have days to do it, right? So Sunday morning, that's a lot of time what I'm doing. If I'm building my 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 small field, my power sweep and spy lineups. I'm going, you know, Travis at the end, not going to be 30% owned. He's going to be 40% owned. Ramondre Stevenson, 46% owned. When I'm just bumping up guys, Justin Fields ain't going to be 6% on. He's going to be like 12% on. I'm just bumping them up. And then the guys that are like, oh, like Justin Jefferson, 6% on. And, and like the Millie, I'm like up 2% in the, in the small field. Like bump those guys down. Everyone in the middle that's around, you know, 8 to 12%, I kind of leave alone. They're probably not going to change that dramatically. So that's it. That's That is literally how I do it. Right. I'm using the word literally, literally. Because what you just saw me do and just manually change the numbers and just go, oh, he's not going to be 23% on. He's going to be 35. Like, that's what I do. And then you're going to ask, well, how'd you come up with the number 35? And I'm like, sounded good. I'm sorry that, that that's the answer. That that's, why do you think I can't get, I can't give you a formula to do it? Because I don't have a formula to do it. I don't. I'd love to have a formula to do it. I'd love to be able to do it. I'd love to be able to just say, okay, let's just apply this formula to every slate and just change it that way. But it, I, I, I don't think it works that way. Because some people are going to be played played more than others, even with the, with the ownership, right? You can tell it's like, oh, this guy's going to be in so many cash lineups. And I and I heard, I, I listen to Grinders Live. I'm listening to Andy on Crunch Time. It's like, you got to play this guy. It's like, okay, this guy's going to be way more owned. Even though we have him at 26, maybe he ends up at, at 38. But this other guy at 23 doesn't move up that much because Terry Rozier wasn't mentioned as much as this other guy. I mean, like something like that. So to me, it's it's to me, to me at least, while it's rooted in mathematical concepts, if you were to analyze, go download, go download like the NFL Millie. And then download like the 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 one hundred dollar the largest uh, one hundred dollar single entry spy, <coughs> not just for one slate for for a whole bunch of slates for like the, the last nine slates or whatever. Even we probably should do more than that. <coughs> plot, <coughs> plot the ownership of the top ten owned players on the slate, and see where they lie, and then uh, plot the the biggest differentials, percentage differentials between players. So like someone that's projected for 5% owned ends up coming in at 1% owned, which is like a, what, 400% drop, right? Like that type of stuff. And you'll see it's all on the low end, but in the mid-range, doesn't change that much. The guy that's, that's, that that is 8.2% owned in the milli, and the single entry spy is like 7.4%. Like it's something like, like it, it it's not that dramatic, but on the high end and the low end, you'll see dramatic stuff. Like a guy that's 3% in the milli 
is not even 1%. It's like less than 1% owned in the SPY, right? Because not many people are playing him, especially in a, because he projects lower and there are other people in that price range that are project better and people want to play and you don't have to get that far off the board. So people tend to not play them, right? So calculate that into your lineups. Now, the difference between 3% and 1% is probably not going to make that much of a difference in your lineup building. But the difference on the top end definitely will. Knowing that, like, oh, Ramondre Stevens is not going to be 30% on. He's going to be like 46% on in your contest and go, is it worth playing at 46%? Now you have to calculate your entire lineup and go, wow, my lineup is way more owned than I thought it was going to be. But that's how, that's how I do it. That's the only thing. That's the only thing I can't, I can't reproduce. I can't, I can't do for you. Like, like people, people ask, I mean, even, uh, I think in the, in our, in our discord coaching call last night, like, I think someone, even, some, someone asked or someone, someone, maybe it was last Saturday's show. I don't remember. Like, why don't I just like sell my ownership? Like, first off, I only do this on the slates that I play. So like, I don't want to be sitting here and adjusting baseball ownership, playoff baseball ownership that I'd like, I dude, without playing, I, I, don't, I don't have a feel of what anything is going to happen. Anything's going to be. So I wouldn't be able to do that. And secondly, like, when the hell are you going to be able to use this? I'm doing this like 15 minutes before lock, right? And I'm manually adjusting stuff. And sometimes I adjust it more than others. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I run out of time. Sometimes something happens, like an NBA. Oh, this guy's out, this guy's in, whatever. And it's 20 minutes before lock. Dude, when I, the, 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 the RG's ownership isn't going to update until like five minutes before lock. Like, dude, I, 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 I need more time than that. I know ownership is going to be different now because of these, these three players are, are out or whatever. And projections need to update at like 645. Like, but I'm not going to have enough time to see what the, our ownership is going to be for me to even adjust it. So I just have to adjust it on the fly right there or just use whatever's use, whatever it's current and just do the best I can. That's NBA DFS. A lot of times you just like, you get to a point, it's like, I got two minutes left and I, I I ran out of time. Press the button and whatever shows up, it's like, that's what I'm running. And then I'll deal with it after, like, and then you late swap afterwards. right? Or, or sometimes where it's like, is anything that important in the first game? Right, it's one of those slates where there's like one seven o'clock game, and then, then it's seven. They're like, there's only one game at seven. Like, is there anyone that like I must play in the seven o'clock game? And I go no, and then I just and I just punt it. I just go, let me just let me just remove anyone from the seven o'clock game that I may have in my dummy lineup, and then just wait wait for luck to even happen, and then just do late swap, and just have no one from the first game. It gives me an extra half an hour, and then I wait for ownership to adjust, and then I would do some of that, like. But I mean, I could I could sell that. I could give that to you. I mean, you'd be sitting there going, "Well, where's where's the ownership?" You sh- you should be able to adjust this yourself. If if you played long enough, you should know how the barbell effect of single entry versus large field GPP lineups work. And do you have to be perfect? No, you just have to be better than average, better than the field. That's it. You don't have to be perfect. Just like when it comes to projections, you, who has the best projections? It's like are those. Are, what are your projections? Well, I don't make projections. So as long as anything is better than, than, than nothing, that's more important than is this point one better than that point one? Who cares? You should probably you should be able to beat the field with any reasonable set of projections. 
still better with better than none, better than just like coming up with it at the top of your head. Same thing for ownership projections. Dude, when you're like, oh, uh, do I have to, like people will ask, do I have to adjust ownership like you do? Like, no, here's the ownership that we have here at Roto Grinders. I said, yeah, but you, your, your ownership is more accurate. I said, yeah, but you know what? Ownership is more accurate than yours. The Roto Grinders projections, because what? Are, where are your ownership projections? They're like, I don't come up with my own ownership projections. Okay, so this, so what we have at Roto Grinders is still more accurate than you just guessing out of the blue, right? Yes. Okay. So then use that. Is it the most? Is it more accurate than what I could manually adjust? No, but that you don't have to be perfect. These owner, these ownership numbers, these player projection numbers are better than what most of the field is using. That's that's all that matters. You don't have to be perfect. You just be better than the field. You don't have to score the most points. You just have to score more than your opponents. Anything else? Anything else in YouTube? Right? I'm in a good mood today. Right? Made some money last night. So I don't I don't mind the stupid questions. You see? I'm, I'm, I'm being nice today. Even even though I'm a little still a little bit sick. Jeff Ballastieri, I believe, Distrary or whatever. How have props been? Took the past week off in NBA. Good. They're they're a little bit more high variance than NFL. Well, I mean NFL because it's only once. I mean only yeah. Out of nine weeks in NFL, I have eight profitable weeks, so that that's that's always nice. Uh, I've been focused a lot more on the on like on like the rebound and assist markets, more so than like the points and the fantasy points. I just think I did the, 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 the distributions of rebounds and assists lead to more like easier to find discrepancies. Doesn't mean you can't you can't do the points markets, but I think on like prize picks you need you know a little bit a little bit more, right? I haven't I haven't plotted these things out in basketball, but I, I conceptually I think points are you know are very much more dependent on how many shots a, a player takes, and like. Assists and rebounds are more geared towards minutes than than even points are. So anytime I could I could tie minutes to a to a to a stat, it's it's most and and our minutes are accurate. It's gonna it's gonna be much more normally distributed. So I've been focusing a lot more on the assisted rebounds rather than the fantasy points and uh, and the PRAs right points rebounds assists type of stuff. I will look if there's some big discrepancy, I'll take it. But for the most part, I'm taking a lot of rebound and assist stuff. But uh, but yeah, but they've been good. Not as good as NFL, but still still good enough. But we got it's November night. It's not about like oh, what's been happening the past couple of days or the past week. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm going to be doing this every day, every day for whatever. So it's, if you have a if you have a losing day, you have a losing day. Then you have a winning day. Then you have a losing day. Whatever. It's that's whatever the long run is. Let's get rid of uh, get rid of the, the spam bots. In the chat. Yeah, that's God. Unless people want the spam. You want the sex spam bots in the chat? Maybe that's what you want. Maybe they have a stupid question for me. Right? So anything else before I get out of here? Right? It's wild card Wednesday. Answering anything you want. Doesn't matter. I'm in a good mood. If there's nothing else, get out of here. I could I could put down some, uh, take a look at these NFL props on prize picks. Take a look at some of the NBA stuff. Uh, we got a, uh, we got a, uh, 13 games late tonight. I'm not sure when a Grinders Live is going to be. I don't know what we're doing on this. Uh, maybe Devin could chime in. Oh, he's probably he's probably editing something. 
right? We're probably going to have to move FanDuel crunch time up, I would imagine. Still still moving things around, but I think we might do FanDuel crunch time first at 5 Eastern for the 5.30 Eastern FanDuel start, and then we'll move into Grinders Live after that. Okay, so that's that's like a weird... So are, 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 is, is, is Roth and, and means he's going to come back? He's going to be like, they do We're, 5 to 5.30, and then Dean and the guys do 5.30 to 6.30, and then they come back for 6.30 to 7. Potentially, yeah. We're going to look at maybe doing a second Q&A for DK only, but I think just in terms of the FanDuel lock, we'll definitely have to move crunch time up for that. So, Why is FanDuel doing 5.30? You never know. You really never fan, know. You just say it's FanDuel being FanDuel. Because it's FanDuel. FanDuel. It's in the script. Right, okay. So there. So the Devin with the, with the update of what's going on later on the channel hit that uh, notification bell to know when we go live hit the hit the dummy thumbs on your way out the door <coughs> obviously we got nfl content for week 10 coming up on the on the channel as well and if you want all our projections lineup hq uh all the premium content i do a game theory show for for nfl on fridays i do the you know the premium discord my own channel i do coaching sessions Two or three times a month, we got we got tons of stuff. MMA, right? I'll be doing the Ground and Pound podcast. Uh, we got stuff for that. Uh, so sign up. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off a combo premium package today. Okay, so tomorrow t- tomorrow will be toss up Thursday also. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll still be in a good enough mood to answer even stupider questions tomorrow. But I'll I'll see you then. I'm, I'm trying to help you. DFS strategy, anything you want, Monday through Friday. 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.